I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, this is Man Baggage and I'm Russell Kane. I'm the one who's going to empty my man baggage right into your ear holes till they are clogged with insight and emotional insight as well as intellectual insight as well as some humour because what we've learned in the few years I've been doing this uh, show which of course has changed its name from Boys Don't Cry to Man Baggage is a large proportion of men get left behind in this oh so trendy male mental health debate it's time to talk guys, time to share totally agree patron of several of the charities cannot express more please share guys I'm expressing like a breast pump okay but there are a large number of men left behind who aren't comfortable sitting down with cardigans on going, I'm suddenly middle class and emotionally literate. So the way to unlock those people is with the golden key of Bantor. And that's why I'm here, to try and find sometimes humour can be a way to trick that badger out of the den. I'm sure any girl, any boy listening to this will know a man like that, that as soon as he's loosened up with a pint and a laugh, might talk about subjects that are a little bit more difficult. Sometimes the subjects are difficult, sometimes they're easy. We don't really have a plan here other than to give you something to listen to and something to think about. And today we're talking about one of the biggest emotions that can hold boys and girls back and everyone non-binary in between, particularly non-binary in between. Fear. The fear of realising yourself, the fear of realising your ambitions, the fear of making a move, the fear of not making a move, fear in love, fear in life, fear in ambition, and what a panel I've got to help me with today. The boy's brain, oh, I'm going to be picking. The man baggage, which will be emptied with stickiness into your ears, is Tom Malone. Look him up on Insta, Tom Malone Jr. Hard to define. Goggle boxer, dancer. How would you define yourself, Tom? Bit of everything. I've been a professional dancer for a long time, since I was 14. And yeah, I guess a TV person from Gogglebox as well. How would you describe your dance? Would it be Viennese waltz or perhaps something a bit more edgy and urban like tango? Definitely a tango. No, I'm joking. Um, Yeah, I mainly break. So I'm a b-boy. Break dancing, as most people know it. That's mainly what I do. Yes, mate. That is sicker than my nan's dog, who is currently on a drip. (laughs) I'm also joined by Lauren Layfield. Now, you might not recognise her to look at if you are pastoring Asda, but you definitely recognise her voice if you're up at 4am eating Cocoa Pops, because she does, of course, host Capital FM's Early Breakfast. How early is it? Is it 4am? Yeah, I'm on air at 4am. It's night time. Let's not call it anything other than what it is. It's not early breakfast, it's last kebabs. 
It's last kebab time or Cocoa Pops time. You decide. It's in your hands. Or staring at the wall, having a panic attack and calling a friend to take you to casualty time. Which some of them do text me in. Same that. So, uh, guys, thank you for joining us. We're talking today about fear. The obvious kickoff question is, and sorry, it's so cliched, it's more hackney than hackney wick itself. So apologies for dropping an N4 on you. But what is your biggest fear, Lauren Layfield? Oh... Biggest, okay, so you've got like the phobias and I think up there with the phobias would probably be plane crash, classic. Yeah. I'm not happy with that. I don't like getting on planes. I have to Valium up every time I get on, you know, just go to Spain or whatever. It's an important point you make though, because there is a difference between a phobia, a sort of rational slash irrational fear of doing something or something, whether it's clowns, crows, planes or whatever. I had sand for a while. That's a therapy for that. Sand? Uh, even though, obviously, I can pull off socks on the beach. Uh, it still looks cool because yeah. it's on me. But ultimately, I was glad to get the socks off and touch sand. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking about more, more generalised fears, fears of rejection, fears of career fears or... For me, it's fear of someone I love being hurt and not being able to help them. That's got to be up there. Oh, uh, well, that yours sounds a lot more worthy than mine then. Mine <laughs> is the general fear of people thinking I'm shit. No, that's a massive one for people that listen to this podcast, almost like imposter syndrome, some people call it. Or... Yeah, I've got to have people think that I'm wicked at all times. And if not, then I've 100% failed. So I exert a lot of energy into making that happen. And what about you, Tom? Is it a fear of like triple backflip followed by Karate Kid landing <laughs> with... with with the crane movement. I mean, fear of the crane kick off Karate Kid. That got me for a while. What is it for you? In fact, one of my old dance crews, we threw a guy into a double backflip and he knocked himself out and was concussed. So I've actually seen that. But just a, a serious question. So like, if you see something like that happen, does that not sit in your performance the next time if you've got to do a move, not necessarily as ridiculous as a double backflip, but something akin to it, a cousin? Does it not just sit there in the next performance until you nail it and then it's gone? Or is it, are you just flow the whole time? So there was... There was that time, obviously, we didn't do it, but most of the time we had a rule that was if something goes wrong, we just do it again straight away just so that... Oh, what, in the same routine? Uh, no, no, no. So it'll just be in practice. Like, if ever a trick went wrong... Like, there was one trick that we never got right in rehearsal. We only used to get it right on stage just because we realised that unless we were all going for it 100%. And the only reason we used to do it on stage, like, every time I went to do it, it was basically a front flip over another front flip. And every, I was the one going underneath, so every time I did it, I was thinking, I've got no choice but to do this, and if I die, I die, but at least I won't get, like, absolutely ripped on the bus on the way home. So that was literally the only reason I went for it every you time. You certainly won't get ripped if, if Sevier Spiner can no longer receive auditory <laughs> stimulus. <Yeah. laughs> you know what? I'm in a vegetative state, but I'm not even hearing those cusses. It's a win yeah. for me. <laughs> But yeah, like most of the time we just said, just go for it immediately again, just so you get that fear out of your system straight away. So what would you say is your biggest fear, aside from dancing, which most of us would terrify us to do some of the aeronautic things you do? Other than that, do you have a kind of, I mean, Lauren's done a brilliant one, fear of other people not believing in you or recognising your talent or thinking you're shit? I think it's similar, but I'd say just a fear of failure, like to put so many years and time and effort into one thing and to then fail at it and you've wasted all that time, like you've never achieved what you had at the end of that vision. I think that's one of those things that when you're on your deathbed, you'll sit there being like, oh, I, I didn't do what I spent that whole chunk of my life training for. So I think that's a big one. 
But a, a book, I'm sick of plugging on this uh, show, but I'll plug it again. There's a book called Black Box Thinking by Matthew Side. And anyone who wants to be good at anything, I mean, literally anything, if you want to be the best trolley pusher, read <laughs> this book. It's all about using what Tom just described to your advantage. People that have not failed enough will eventually fall off a cliff and die in a fireball. <laughs> you need enough failure, but with the black box installed. So every time it goes wrong and you don't achieve it, you can re-watch the black box, think, well, what have I learned from my failures? Because often the failures are the other parts building towards a success. You can't have particularly something as very literal in dance. Yeah. You think of the thousands and thousands of falls you must have made as a small kid before you were able to build the confidence to throw yourself forward. I mean, I'm obviously a, a stand-up, <laughs> another horribly literal way to learn uh, through failure and also one where if people ask me as happens all the time if we're recording stand-up can we just run through the set in an empty studio just to see what you're going to be doing no i won't be able to nail it i'll feel like a dick i yeah. won't be funny i won't go for it um so it's all about learning from failure and not letting fear be present with failure but thinking right that's failed how can i use it to move forward uh, lauren do you think men either have to or genuinely do hide their fears better than women I think it's installed since birth, isn't it? And slightly going back to the sort of um, phobia thing, just to simplify it a little bit. In my house, for example, my other half's the one that catches the spiders. If there's a noise in the middle of the night, I ain't, I ain't going to go and investigate, am I? I'm going to send him. I would rather send the love of my life in to go and deal with the murderer with the meat cleaver than go myself. <laughs> to be fair, in my house, right. it very often is me in the other room creaking open the laptop <laughs> for a bit of private tam. <laughs> and and I, I remember that one of the first times, me and my other half, we went on holiday and we were flying back and I was like, I hate flying. And we hit some turbulence. The bing bong comes on. Mm. I'm like getting the Valium down me, la, la, la. And I'm thinking it's cool because Luke is the brave one in this situation. He's the one that's got his head screwed on. I'll look over at him. He'll squeeze my hand and he'll say, yeah, it's all right. And I looked over and he was just sweating buckets. <laughs> and I realised for the first time that it's not because he was less fearful than I was. It's because he'd been really good at concealing all these things that I just openly shit myself about. And I think that goes for the bigger things in life as well, like fear of in your career or, you know, fear amongst your friends or, or whatever it might be, fear for your family. I think boys just from day dot have been told you've got to be the big brave boy, whereas girls have been encouraged just to be like, I hate this. I'm scared of this. I don't want to do this. And we just, we just sort of vocalise it all, don't we? I mean, I would love it if the end of that story was, I, he was sweating and I, and I said, you're as scared as me. And he was like, no, they weren't Valium. I'm coming up hard here. Can you, you're going to have to land in Malaga. <laughs> Get me down. Get me on that runway. I'm just rushing off my tits. I'm actually quite liking the bing bong. Um, <laughs> what about the you? bing bong. <laughs> Brilliantly put, uh, Lauren. Tom, what do you think? Which is it? Are men better at hiding fears or is it that we feel like we have to hide them, but we're actually crap at hiding them after all and that girls can always tell when we're scared? I think it's just that we're expected to. I think, like, since you're a kid, like, there's a lot of, like, societal norms that is just, like you were saying with spiders and stuff, it's just, like, that's something that a man traditionally is meant to deal with. So I think you kind of grown up with all these examples of men like on TV and stuff. That's always their role. So you just kind of grow up thinking that's what I have to be if I'm to be a man sort of thing. So I think it's just an expectation. And even, you know, some guys don't necessarily get good at hiding it. They just force themselves to do it anyway, 
even though they are like shit in a brick because they have to. Let's get into that, Tom, because now, and obviously um, all my guests only ever ask them to speak from experience, okay? Twitter, before you light up, <laughs> we're not suggesting that other genders don't exist and the world is a binary place and they need to be cancelled for caving someone's head in who doesn't identify as a man or a woman. We're not suggesting that. We're daring to talk from personal experience. Ooh, how can that be a daring fucking act? Everyone, chill out. Have a day off being offended and let us open up. So we're just asking. I can't help it. I identify as a man. Nothing I can do about it. I wish I was more interesting. I'm not. Tom, um, what do men, in your experience, fear the most? It may well, You may well give the same answer as Lauren is about to give. But if you had to list out of all your friends a male fear or what feels like a typically male fear, what would you say it is? I think it's an unspoken one. I think whenever you speak to men about things they're scared about and things they're uncomfortable talking about, I think it's vulnerability. I think men are just, as a whole, as a generalisation of all the people I know, I think the most common thing is that men are afraid to appear weak or to feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Just because I think it's always been pushed on them that their role is to be the strong one and the brave one. So when they do feel vulnerable, they think they have to just suck it up and not admit it to anyone, keep it to themselves. And it would explain a lot of the things that are going wrong because some of the criticisms we get when we have debates like this particularly if someone like me speaking is like why do you ignore the fact you try to imply women don't have it as bad as men in mental health we do how dare you blah 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 i wish the stats agreed with what you're saying female complainers i wish they did and that uh, i was talking shit sadly it's a seven to one more of a problem and it will come directly from what tom has just given us in that if one of the male fears is to be seen to be weak newsflash the economy's fucked the world's fucked a lot of us are going to end up being weak not earning money being ill whatever it's happened so weakness will show itself and if men aren't equipped to admit that fear of weakness boom we have an issue millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, Lauren, what do you think, just based on your mum, aunties, your friends, whatever, mm -hmm. what do women fear the most? 
I mean, we've seen a bit of a wake-up call in the last few months. Of I think men have learned that women fear just walking down the street a lot more than boys yep. realised. It came, it came as a bit of a surprise to some of us that so many women that just still think, fuck, just walking down the street feels a bit risky. Which was mad when you think about it, wasn't it? And, and I didn't even think about that until that kind of happened. Uh, and, and I realised, God... We just go around with all of these fears. I, this is kind of opposed to what I'm saying earlier. We walk around with those fears and we don't even realise we've got them. They are so inbuilt and ingrained into us, that sort of vulnerability of being a girl. When I come into the radio first thing in the morning at like three o'clock in the morning, I, work, I walk through Leicester Square and in every, I never even think about it, but I have the keys between my fingers in my fist ready to just like knock someone out. And I wouldn't have even thought there wouldn't have been a process in my mind to think, oh, I'm just going to put the keys now. And yeah, if someone comes out, it was just inbuilt there. It's, it's been there it's since... Up, yeah, since day... It is fucked up. It's since day dot that has been there, since you were a teenager. And I think that um, we have those superficial fears or, you know, what could be perceived as superficial fears. Like we're saying, oh, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of what the girls are going to think about, you know, what I wear on Saturday or whatever it might be. And then underneath that, I think women have these massive, massive, hard-hitting things like our safety or our responsibility in the world, you know, bringing children into the world, the kind of creating a legacy, all those kinds of things as well. There's just two extremes. Basically, we worry about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um... I'm going to move this one up because I did. I had. I thought let's talk about relationships later on in the show, and then I realised no, this one's so huge. This next question might come in and dominate the rest of the time we've got. The biggest fear when I was floating this question out about from men and women about the fear they think men has got is not one we've said yet. Can you guess what I'm about to say? Fear of commitment. Yeah, it Ooh. seems to afflict a lot of men, and we're not talking about he's my boyfriend now, girls. We're talking about one knee, box open, jewelry gleaming. That's it. <laughs> Married. A lot of men are like, oh, I would, you know, I would propose, but I've got this. I've got a bit of arthritis in my knee. I just can't get down there. So <laughs> yeah. I just need to warm it in Iron Apple for a couple of seasons, in it. That- <laughs> <laughs> the point is, what is going on, Lauren? If I had to ask you, yeah, and obviously I'm sure you've got a lovely boyfriend, and I'm a lovely husband, and we all near Tom's lovely. They're all lovely, apart from all the rest of them. What? Is it going on in 2021 when we've got science, we've got contraception, we're so post-gender we should be? Why have we still got a bunch of Neanderthals scared to commit? Well, you say, oh, Leah, you've got a lovely boyfriend. I've been with my boyfriend for years. He was a dick about <laughs> proposing. And I was like, come on, sir. We was together about, I'd say, we were together about seven years. Oof. We had a little year off. We had, a, you know, a little year, a year out. Um, and then we got back together, which was wonderful. But it still got to the point where I was like, come on, son, we've been together seven years now. Do you not think you should even just start thinking about the old proposal? <laughs> and I felt like I had to almost ask, like, <laughs> are you going to propose? W- would or I not? marry me? Yes, is the answer. Your yes, turn. exactly. <laughs> Look at this. Do you know what I mean? And, it was, and I just I couldn't believe I thought, do you know what? I've got a good one. I know that much. But even with the good ones, he was still freaked out about committing. Are you married now or are you engaged? We're getting married in three weeks' time. Oh, shit, man. Congratulations. Fingers crossed. Wow, wow. I mean, he might pull out. We don't know. <laughs> no. Like, a, 
a woman until you're down the aisle getting that ring on the finger and somebody officially is saying you're married and wife, you still always have that feeling in the back of your head that they might do a runner. Do you mind me asking how old <laughs> Mr. Lauren is? Miss Lauren is 33, a.k.a. old enough to know better. 33, <laughs> um, If I could do 33 minus 7, I'd be judging him now. I can't. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> sadly, that's, that's fucking hard, isn't it? 33 minus it's 7. Maths, it's maths beyond your, your range. It's fine. But yeah, it's and I feel like all my female mates are of a similar ilk. They've, they've at some point had to sit them down and say... Point them to the direction of the engagement ring, which one they might like, or, you know, say, have you spoken to my mum and dad about whether you're going to propose and stuff? And it's bonkers. You're with a girl that you really like, right? You're happy to wifey her, yeah? And yet, you still get to that point where it's like, ah, but one vagina forever. God, I don't know if I can handle that. I'm glad you said it because that's all I was thinking the whole way through is (laughs) you're not describing the number one fear. One vagina it's forever. The, it's the fanny forever, isn't it? Oh, That's the problem. God, Lauren isn't said it, it first. Uh, Tom, no, um, true. Tom, uh, are you engaged, married? How old are you, Tom? You're sort of an ageless painting of a man. <laughs> 27. 27's good age. And I've got a girlfriend, not engaged or anything just yet. No, no. But is she same age as you or younger? This, it makes a massive difference. She's younger than me, she's 23. So, uh, I mean, my, 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 I still can't say it. I'm just pathetic. <laughs> I say my missus, other half, princess. Even saying the word wife feels like I put an aluminium sheath over my dick forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crap. <laughs> um, I've been married seven years. And oh my God, very, what are you doing? Very, very happily married, but my wife is 12 years younger than me. So, I was going to say, it's in our Instagram and she looks I know, great, exactly. sense, of humor, sense of humour is equivalent to another three inches of height, if gentlemen yeah. are wondering. <laughs> so you can't stretch yourself, All lads, then. but you can read books and improve your personalities, OK? <laughs> Do the second one. I'm five foot nine, maybe you're still a cunt. Sort your life out in your pool. Full of tips. <laughs> so, Tom, I mean, are you willing to be as honest as Lauren's been on our behalf? Is it as brutal yeah. as that? I mean, I'm being slightly ironic here. Is a man... And and I'd love to think it was just confined to men in their 20s and 30s. But this is a fact which I'm afraid is going to turn Lauren prematurely grey. A decade in which a man is most likely to stray from a very long-term, very established relationship. Not cheap when Mm. he's been dating a girl three weeks. We all know that's lads in his 20s. So (laughs) if you've been together a long time, it's you might have a bit of jewellery on the finger. It's 70s. That is the decade a man is most... Yes, I'm sorry to break this to you ladies. A man in his 70s is the one most likely to think one last spin of the chamber. Boom. I'll piss off. That is ridiculous. If you think about it, Tom, the science adds up on that. The science, the Darwinian science yeah. adds up on it. Tom, help us out. I blame boredom in the old people's homes. <laughs> I think when they're in there, they're playing bridge every day. There's not much more to do. <laughs> F all over the other sides, giving you the eye. Agatha's not having it, like... I think as soon as I finish this game of backgammon, Agatha, I'm going to launch you into the next fucking postcode, you dirty cow. Yeah, Suck exactly. on my worthers. <laughs> Tom, is it is it as brutal? Let, let's, 27, that's yep. no age to really to be dropping on the knee for middle class people. I come from a council estate working class background. If you didn't have your first kid by 25, you were a gay man. And I was camp anyway, so a lot of people are asking questions. But we're very blessed to be successful with regards to what our backgrounds is. It's, it's older now, isn't it? 27 is yeah. too old to be 
uh, dropping on your knee and presenting jewellery? Or is it Tom Malone? Um, I think it's a, a weird one. I think for a lot of guys, they make that initial commitment when they get in a relationship. Like that whole sort of one girl forever thing. I think you have that conversation with yourself before you get into a relationship. Obviously, you have it to a deeper level when you get married or whatever. But I think there's a massive stigma on being ready. So I think a lot of guys imagine having their perfect job and being able to get the perfect ring and being so financially stable that they're going to have no worries once they're married. And I think that's a big stigma for marriage as well, especially for younger people. When you get a bit older, you get people that are on like fourth and fifth marriage. So like clearly they don't care that we're already in a fine position. But I think a big one is just having all your affairs in order so that you can just get married and think, oh, there's no worries. So you don't start having affairs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Tom, I mean, it's such a brutal way of talking about it, but don't you think fertility comes into it? Yeah. When a woman starts getting past 30, if she gives a shit about having babies, and there's no reason you should, ladies, FYI, but if that is in you and you don't want to adopt or foster, which I would also recommend, by the way, there's a lot of children that need help, but if it really is in you to have your own baby and to grow it yourself, I mean... We've got good science at the moment, and you can see like Halle Berry firing out babies at 60 or whatever <laughs> she is. But for most of us mere mortals, 35 starts to feel a little bit seat of the pants for a lot of women, and 40 yeah. starts to feel this is going to be a graft. Whereas, let's be honest, Tom, if you think, right, 45, I'm ready to carry around a newborn and, and cradle it in my arms, your fertility is probably going to be still quite good yeah even if you've done 19 ibethas like i have uh, <laughs> i think a lot of mine were firing out gurning <laughs> <laughs> where's the egg shut up man i'm just gonna stay in the chill out zone um, but Fine. do you know what i mean tom it comes into it doesn't it where is the rush for tom malone there isn't one if i said to you you're gonna have your first baby at 47 do you think you know that's a bit disappointing i would like to have been a like i don't really want to be 67 with a 20 year old but when you think yeah. of a 67 with a 20 year old daughter or son it ain't that bad is it nah. it's doable i think yeah you, you hear stories at school and stuff like you might have a friend and you're at second school and he's like oh my dad's 60 something and you're like what that's really old but you never really you don't hear it the other way around because obviously men don't have a clock on it. So I think, yeah, that's definitely a factor. Like, I'm from a big family as well, so, like, when I imagine myself with a family, I think of having, like, more than one or two kids. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely a factor. And there's also, like, on the flip side of it, there's the whole thing of now, because people are waiting so much longer to have kids, like, you're less and less likely to have a relationship with your grandchildren. Because if you wait until you're 40... And then your kids are really career driven and wait until they're 40. You're going to have to be at least 80 before you meet your grandkids. So it's like... But we will be. We're going to make us 80. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen 70-year-olds now. They're fucking like, they look banging. Yeah, they do. Okay, we're going to take a short break there. It's a good opportunity for me to plug our email address, manbaggage.pod at gmail.com. Why? Because I want to know from you what you think. What should we talk about? Is there any subjects glaringly obvious that we haven't discussed yet? Have a little think about that. Have a cup of tea. And I'll be back with Tom Malone and Lauren Layfield in part two of our discussion of fear. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.